Yoga in all its forms has been a support for me in my life through all the highs and lows. It's opened my mind and my heart in ways I never knew were possible. It has been a teacher, a taskmaster, and a friend. This podcast is an offering. I wish to share the teachings of yoga with you as a tool to help navigate life. Namaste and welcome. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. So today we're going to be talking about the fourth limb of yoga. Remember, we're discussing the Ashtanga path as put forth by Patanjali, the eight-limbed path of yoga. And the fourth limb is pranayama. Pranayama means breath, vital life force energy. It's breathing, but it's more than that. It's a practice of regulating the breath in order to have the vital energies flow effortlessly through the body. It's a practice of regulating the breath as a way to calm the mind. If you remember the second sutra in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali is Yoga's Chitta Vritti Naroda, Yoga calms the fluctuations of the mind. All of yoga, all of the practices. But the breath is directly related to the state of your mind. We practice pranayama in order to create a spaciousness internally. It's first about building relationship with the breath. So listen, we're all breathing. Right? If we weren't breathing, we wouldn't be here. So we totally get the vital life force energy piece, right? We, we need to breathe. But I, I think what happens is we don't really have to think about breathing. We don't have to think about breathing. Fortunately, it happens for most of us. And because we don't think about it and it's able to just occur naturally, involuntarily, we don't really cultivate the relationship with the breath that were we to cultivate a relationship with the breath, we would see how vital it actually is. In other words, how connected it is to our mental well-being, how connected it is to our uh, the energy that we have um, and the energy that we don't have. So the first approach to breath awareness is not to do some fancy pranayama breathing Kabbalabhati uh, or fire or all this. No, first you have to learn the rhythm of your breath as it is. Sharon Salzberg, when she's teaching mindfulness or loving kindness meditation, she'll use this phrase, befriend the breath. And that's what we really want to think of, that we are befriending our habit of breathing. So first you have to get to know your friend. In order to build a relationship with said friend, you have to get to know them. You have to find out what their nature is. It's the same with the breath. So when we begin to focus our attention on breathing, 
we want to see, are, are I someone who breathes up high in my chest or in the center of my chest? Am I feeling the breath fully in my lungs? Am I able to um, really get that breath deep, you know, complete breath where I feel the belly rise and fall with the breath due to the action of the diaphragm? How do I breathe? One of the things that's important to recognize is a healthy mind has an easy breath. And that's because the consciousness in yoga text says that it is extremely connected to prana. Prana is still, so chitta, mind, is still. The breath is directly connected to the nervous system and can regulate or deregulate our mind and emotions. And by that, what we mean is, well, just what it sounds like. If you are a rapid breather or a short, shallow breather, take short, quick breaths, your breathing is up high in your chest. You are, I used to say to the students, you, you're, you're going to live a short, shallow life. And I don't mean that as any kind of a premonition. Of course not. It just means that you're amping yourself up before life even gets its hands on you. You're amping your nervous system up by breathing short and shallow, right? So we have to recognize that the breath is directly related to the nervous system. So the way that you breathe is directly affecting, I don't know, levels of anxiety, levels of depression, your mental health, how you're approaching a certain situation. If we are able to cultivate a relationship with the breath that teaches us how to take these full deep breaths, use long exhalations to move into a state of calmness, then that is a tool that becomes accessible to us throughout our life, throughout crises that arise, throughout moments of uncertainty. So, what that means is if we are breathing in a way that is rapid and up high in our chest and, you know, shallow breathing, we're, di we're directly affecting the nervous system in such that we're setting ourselves up into fight, flight, freeze, or collapse. We're tapping into and draining our adrenals just by the way we breathe. Uh, there was a Buddhist teacher, a Lama, that used to come to the yoga studio. Lama Gersom is his name. He's a wonderful teacher. And he would teach us breathing practices for meditation. And he would say, if you are of the practice, if you are of the habit to breathe predominantly into your chest, you're actually stirring up emotions because that's where most of our emotions live in our heart center. He said, so practice in your meditation time when you're purpose, purposely being still, practice feeling that breath go deep down to the belly, below the navel. He used to say navel, uh, which was quite adorable but get that breath deep below the navel. So there, what we're doing is we're activating the energy center that's more, that is connected to creativity, 
connected to, um, to source. If you are breathing short and shallow high up in your chest, you are always activating your emotions. It's like you, you just, you're not going to get a break from them. And then when it hits the fan, so to speak, you're already jacked up because of the way you breathe. Um, when prana flows smoothly, our attention can focus and our heart mind can calm down. Prana moves everything in the body, blood, the lymph, the nerves, uh, nerve impulses, all of it. Wherever the mind goes, prana follows. Prana, the life force energy. Um, again, it's, it's centered in the heart. That's where prana lives. Um, prana is energy. Ayama means stretch, extension, regulation, restraint, pranayam. So prana is energy and ayam is extension, regulation, restraint. Some say control. Some say pranayama is defined as breath control. And then all of a sudden you get all these people going, oh, control. We don't really want to control the breath. That sounds so rigid. You know what? Actually, it's, it's, it's breath discipline. But if you look at the definition of ayama from Sanskrit, control and restraint are two words that they use. So pranayam is breath regulation. First, building a relationship with the way you breathe, then being able to practice and adopt a more full, deep, complete breath where we are inhaling through softened nostrils, feeling the body fill with the breath, feeling the belly rise. And then when we exhale through softened nostrils, we feel ourselves like we're emptying a pot, you know, like we are really exhaling everything out. You know, obviously breath is vital to life. The exhalation is so freaking powerful. If you can build a rich relationship with an extended exhalation, you're so ahead of the game because exhalation is one of the ways in which we purge from the body. We remove toxins. Um, and again, it's the exhalation is how we move into rest and digest. So we've, Maybe you've talked about the vagus nerve, uh, the, the wanderer nerve, longest nerve in the body. Uh, we may have talked about that in other episodes. It's going to come up a lot. So it's a big deal. The vagus nerve is responsible for moving us into rest and digest. It's connected from the base of the brain and it goes down into the digestive area. And when we are able to practice extended exhalation, it's one of the ways that we are able to activate the vagus nerve, which again, moves us from fight or flight and into rest and digest. And isn't that where we want to be? We don't want to be in fight or flight unnecessarily. You know, every time your phone bings with some kind of a notification, your nervous system is going rhino charging, rhino charging, you know, life is being threatened. Something needs my attention instantaneously. Um, but your life is not threatened. 99.9% .9 of the time that your phone bings, but your nervous system doesn't know what the heck it is. So it tenses, it grips, it shortens the exhalation. Um, we need to use these 
signals in our life that we've in, invited into our life as um, tools to work for us as opposed to against us. So first of all, if you have a lot of, a lot of notifications set on your phone and you're not running a country, uh, shut the notifications off. But when your phone makes a noise, when your phone bings to let you know something or whatever, use that as an opportunity to take three deep breaths. Oh my! So before responding to your phone or looking at your phone, take three deep breaths, inhaling through the nose and exhaling fully. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. I promise you that the first few times you do that, when your phone makes a sound, it's going to feel like you just inhaled and exhaled for a year. But the more you get practiced at it, the more you do it. Oh man, it just shifts the entire energy, not only of you, but of your surroundings. Your reactivity shifts. Your mental state settles. Everything stops being churned and activated because you connected with the breath. So one thing I want to say about pranayama, which is the fourth limb, which is a practice that comes after asana and before pratyahara, which is, give you a little head start on that, withdrawal of the senses. Uh, this limb, this pranayama is really as vital as its name because it is what is really um, a very powerful tool to pull all the limbs together. Being able to have this relationship to your breath, being able to use your breath as an antidote for stress, being able to use your breath to offset anxiety, very, very powerful. I mean, it's right there. You know, they say that the first meditation the Buddha taught was breath awareness to focus on your breath, to meditate. Why? Because our breath is always available to us. If you're alive, if you're walking around, if you're living life, you're breathing. So you don't need a fancy yoga mat or really cool mala beads or some groovy incense to get yourself into a state of relaxation. No, you need a relationship with your breath. Inhale, exhale, slow everything down. But pranayama as a practice in the eight limb path of yoga is actually very serious. And it is stated in all of the texts, um, back to the Hatha Yoga Pratikapa, which is an ancient text about yoga. It, it also can damage the nervous system to practice these um, breath retention practices. Um, like I mentioned, breath of fire and um, all these different ones um, can adversely affect the nervous system if they're not done correctly and if they're not done with a teacher. Uh, also, it is stated that if they are not done, if you take on a pranayama practice before mastery of asana, now that doesn't mean you have to be like a professional at headstand. What it means is that you've primed the body with the asana and now the, the body is able to receive the information of these breath practices, breathing practices. Um, 
There's so much information out there about the power of breath. Trying to remember a story years ago about um, a group of people, I believe it was in Haiti after a major crisis and all these teams came in to help the citizens of Haiti. And they were finding that obviously because their life had just been threatened from this catastrophe that their anxiety levels were off the roof, uh, you know, really bad. And they were medicating. Some people were being medicated with, you know, anti-anxiety and, and meds like that, which are extremely necessary meds. No one should go off any kind of medication and say, oh, I can just use breath work. Cool. No. <laughs> okay. Thank God for medicine and modern medicine as when it's used safely and appropriately and not abused like anything else. But um, they started to teach these breathing practices, very calming breathing practices to groups of, of citizens in Haiti. And they found it to be just awe-inspiring how effective these, this commitment to breath practice was. It was really helping uh, the people of, of, that, of that country, of that area that had suffered this catastrophic experience. Don't underestimate the power of the breath. It is directly related to your anxiety. It is directly related to your mind. It will calm you or it will set you off before life has. So again, it's very important to remember that um, to practice the pranayama exercises as put forth in the yoga tradition, it's important to have an, uh, a practice of asana first. These limbs, as I've said, are limbs of a tree, not rungs on a ladder. This is the exception where you must have, um, again, an understanding and a study and a practice of asana before taking on more of these intensified breathing practices. But that being said, simply gaining a healthy relationship with your breath, laying in bed at night before going to sleep and resting your left hand on the center of your chest and the right hand below your navel, simply tracing your breath, inhaling and exhaling, feeling where, where does the breath come in? Where does the breath flow to? Okay, what is the origin of the breath as it's leaving my body? Where is it exiting from? Is it the lower belly, mid belly, high chest, collarbone? First, build a relationship with your breath and see how available it is to you in, in moments of frustration, stress, anxiety, anger, depression, all the things. Inhaling and exhaling fully. It really is a huge, huge um, assist to the nervous system. I want to share with you because the wisdom is just, it's so huge uh, when you get wisdom from Mr. Iyengar, BKS Iyengar, and he writes just so beautifully in his books, um, Light on Life, Light on Yoga, Light on the Yoga Sutras. This is from Light on Yoga. The yogi's life is not measured by the number of his days, but by the number of his breaths. Therefore, he follows the proper rhythmic patterns of slow, deep, breathing. These rhythmic patterns strengthen the respiratory system, soothe the nervous system, and reduce craving. As desires and cravings diminish, the mind is set free and becomes a fit vehicle for concentration. By improper practice of pranayama, the pupil introduces several disorders into his system. 
It takes a long time to learn slow, deep, steady, and proper inhalations and exhalations. As a fire blazes brightly when the covering of ash over it is scattered by the wind, the divine fire within the body shines in all its majesty when the ashes of desire are scattered by the practice of pranayama. It's a really beautiful relationship to build with your breathing. It's really crucial. Uh, one side note that I just want to say as a precaution, when someone is experiencing a panic attack or real heightened anxiety, the first thing that eludes them is their breathing. They lose connection with their ability to breathe. That's what brings on the heightened panic. So if you are experiencing a panic attack or if you witness someone experiencing a panic attack, my suggestion, it's just a suggestion, is to first get into the body. Uh, one of the ways that we do this is we get ourselves into the body by just feeling our clothing, rubbing your hands on your, on your pants or your sweater. Look around the room, get yourself into the room. Start to name the things in the room. If you can name teapot, uh, kitchen counter, sink, newspaper, you start to get yourself into the room. If you have a pet, uh, a dog or something, and you can bring the dog into the situation, to you yourself or the person that's having the panic attack, have them pet the dog and stroke the dog. Um, these are experiences that will get them back into the room and back into their body and the breath will follow. But to say to someone who's having a panic attack, breathe, just breathe, just breathe, you'll be okay. They can't breathe. And that's why it's getting to the height that it's getting. So get them back into the room, get them back into their body, get them back into a sensory perception of feeling and touching and the breath will come and the mind will, will quiet. So that's pranayam. And thank you for listening. Hands together at the heart center in prayer position. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be healthy and strong. May all beings be safe and protected. May all beings live with ease. Namaste.